Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a phenomenal, phenomenal Thursday morning. I have to announce that the Home Business Radio Network has now gone live. It's powered by Positive Powered Radio. I happen to be the news director of this brand new home-based radio network. It is powered by the same organization that powers Rick Warren's radio network. I'm proud of this because I think as as the year goes on and as we we move deeper into communicating positive information, looking at what's going on in the home-based business arena, I think more and more people are going to get excited because it's not every day that we're going to be seeing just a network marketing business opportunity. And you got to understand that. There are plenty of home-based business, what we call cottage markets out there. I've got a company I'm going to be doing a review on first of the week that is a knife company with a single-level compensation plan. They have a remarkable business opportunity for somebody that wants to get out there and make a good living. Maybe they're maybe you're retired. Maybe you're a baby boomer and you're retired. And what we're going to be doing and what we're going to be sharing is phenomenal. And that's what I love about what we do. We've been studying Orrin Woodward's book, Resolved, The 13 Resolutions for Life. Had an opportunity this last weekend to celebrate some time together with Orrin and Lori and, and his his team. I'm not talking about just his policy council, just his roundtable. I'm talking about hanging out in the in the crowd of I really don't know how many people were there. I, I would say between eleven, twelve thousand people it seemed like. I think the auditorium seats about sixteen thousand. So sitting there listening to people was such a blessing to me because it made me realize that the true essence of network marketing is alive. It is still thriving, it is still growing. I was on the phone yesterday with Orrin and we were chatting. It's the first time we've talked since since he went to California and I came back to Florida. And I said, you know, Orrin, one of the cool things that I liked is listening to the people talk. I said, but what was even more revealing to me than that was that I have a good friend here on the island who's been a member of Orrin's organization for years. Didn't didn't climb to the top to the to the PC council, you know, didn't go to round table or any of that. Just he just really was growing personally. And as we were talking one day, he said, you know, it's not that I made a lot of money in network marketing, Troy. It was that it, that being part of team allowed me to learn some things that I needed to know to be out and go, go buy my business. He now owns a, a home remodeling business. He owns a landscaping business that his son manages for him. I thought, man, that's that's cool success stories right there because it's not all the time that it has to be about network marketing. It's about being an entrepreneur, being in business for yourself, learning something, growing. It's about being a friend. My friend Mark has a passion for the people that he knows on the team. Some of them have left team. They go on and do other things, and, and, and he's friends with them. It, it's cool to see how friendships grow. In Chapter 7, we're talking about, I resolved to develop the art and science of friendship. Now, it's interesting to me about friendship. I'm going to segue a little bit out of Orrin's book for a minute, because there's not a lot written on friendship. 
You can find find books on how to be a better husband in a marriage, how women need to be a better wife. You can find books on how to be a better lover, you know, how to be a better father, how to be a better businessman, but you hardly find one about being a friend. I have a I have a man that I have met. I wouldn't call him a friend, but I'd call him a hero of mine. Uh, his name is Mark Driscoll. He talks at Catalyst quite a bit. He the founding pastor of Mars Hill up in Seattle. He just wrote a brand new book along with his wife, Grace, called Real Marriage, The Truth About Sex, Friendship, and Life Together. I'm studying it right now in my men's accountability group. And I learned as I was reading through Driscoll's book, and as I studied Orrin's chapter on friendship, but there's not a lot written about this. I started digging deep about the friendships I have, those common bonds that hold me together with people. And most of my friends, I mean my deep-suited friends, are not even inside of network marketing. Now, I've got some really solid relationships there. But my my, my number one friend in my whole my whole life has been my wife. And as I go through this chapter today in Oren's book, I think you're going to I'm going to I'm going to talk about friendship not just in business that or like Oren talks about, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to challenge you in some areas. Because I think it's important. Oren sets out he says this, true friends give the most when they receive the least. He says the ancient Greeks had four distinct words that communicated the concept of love. Agape, eros, uh, storage, and philia. Agape embodies that sacrificial love. I like to I like to look at Jesus hanging on a cross, and realizing what He gave for me. Eros describes that sensual love. I can't go into detail, but I fell in love with my wife a long time ago. Storage, the pertaining to the familiar love or, or family type of love. And then the philia, like Philadelphia, which is brotherly love. Friendship, a love between true friends. One of the first friendships that come to mind that I've studied over and over and over was David and Jonathan. King David wasn't the king yet, but he'd been anointed. Jonathan was the son of the reigning king, King Saul. Now you talk about a, 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 parad- a predicament to be in. Jonathan loved his father, but he loved David. Jonathan's father hated David. He was envious of him. Tried to kill him numerous times. David and Jonathan's friendship went deep. Jonathan never betrayed his father to his friend. He never betrayed his friend to his father. Now, that's a lot of weight to carry on one's shoulders, but that's true friendship. That's a friendship that's hard to find these days. It's hard to be in in two different sides of the camp because we're taught that if you're his friend, then you're my enemy. We see this a lot in politics. We see it in business deals. Aristotle described philia as loyalty to friends, family, and community. Requiring virtue, equality, and familiarity. It is best represented by the love shared between two close, long-time friends. 
I love Aristotle. I've studied Aristotle's first principles. Orrin and I have so much in common, and yet we're just building a new friendship. I love to read. I love the, the ancient wisdom that I can find in places. I love looking at current situations and then trying to dig deep to find some place in history that was parallel. See, I think it's very, very important if we dig and we look at, we'll find that we don't have many friends. And maybe that's because we're not being a friend ourselves. In the old days, they didn't have contracts. They didn't have agreements. They had covenants. Covenants weren't even written on paper most of the time. They were one man or one woman making a proclamation to another, sealing it with a handshake most of the time, every now and then with blood. Would you be willing to do that for any of your friends today? I mean, you know, it's not a rhetorical question, but it's something to think about. How deep would you go for your friends? I have friends that do some of the dumbest things sometimes. They do them on the Internet or they do them in one of their network marketing companies. It doesn't change my love for them. And I'm not talking about friends like what Facebook calls a friend. I'm talking about people I've, I've been in business with for decades. And the fun thing about our friendship is they know I don't have to always agree with them and we still stay friends. Matter of fact, I had a critic I'd been reaching out to to be a friend, and, and he, he kind of has this modern-day philosophy in life. you either got to agree with me 100% or I can't be your friend, and he calls you dirty names. Never have understood that. See, friends, as we go into this chapter, you're going to learn friends are there for you even when you do the dumbest things under the sun. I mean, think of our and maybe some of you don't don't know the story, but think about where Peter would be if Jesus wasn't his true friend. Peter denied that he even knew Jesus, and yet Jesus continued to see him as one of his closest friends. Orrin writes, Some may argue that Facebook and Twitter connects people in discussion networks, but the high-tech world will never replace the warmth of the high-touch friendships. I agree with that. Matter of fact, I believe that a lot of times people get into these virtual worlds, and the virtual world, they really do think they have friends, and they don't realize that just at a click, it's gone. I think that's why cyber porn is so high. The reason the pornography industry has moved everything to the Internet for the most part is because the brain cannot differentiate from fantasy and reality, and men and women both, about 46% of the sites are now visited by women. They get wrapped up in a fantasy world. And it kind of goes back to what Orrin said yesterday, because when we read the chapter yesterday, one of the things that, that was strong in Orrin's, in Orrin's dissertation in that chapter was the fact that people would rather be happy where they're at than go through the pain of change. And I think in life, the reason we don't have so many friends is because we would rather forget about rejection, forget about having to be a friend ourselves, and we'll just live in a fantasy world. And that's tough, but that's what I see. I want to dig deep here and, and look at the eight principles of true friendship. The first principle, true friends form around shared insights, shared experiences, if you will. 
Orrin writes, true friends begin as companions, but soon go further, developing a love and a respect for one another. Fred Smith, now there's another hero of mine. We gave him a Lifetime Achievement Award at Catalyst a few years ago. Fred Smith shares a, a, a pugnant description of love, saying love is willing Love is willing the ultimate good for another person. Wow. Love is willing the ultimate good for another person. I wrote I wrote an op-ed on, on a situation and, and used Orton as an example a few months ago, and I, and I actually mentioned that. So many times people, they don't want or they can't for whatever limiting belief they have to be able to will the ultimate good on another. See, one of the cool things about my life is that I realized through a lot of prayer, a lot of soul-searching, that I'm never supposed to be the top dog. That wasn't what God created me for. I know that freaks out a lot of my competitive friends. Oh, my gosh, Troy, what are you saying, that you're you're always going to be a number two? No, I'm number one in my life. But, see, I don't have to be the top dog. See, God called me in life to be a friend. God called me in life to be the cupbearer, to be the guy that stands beside his friends standing in the gap, being open and honest and sharing with them truth that maybe others wouldn't, trying to keep them in line when sometimes their egos can get out of check. Reason being is because I've been the top dog, and I know what it's like not to have friends around you except those that are receiving something from you, so it's beneficial for them not to tell you the truth. Orrin shared a story about that yesterday that because of time I couldn't get on the air. See, this goes back to chapter one. If you if you don't know what your purpose is, it's kind of hard to be a friend. But friends form around a shared insight. There's an indescribable joy in the discovery of and being discovered by another human being providing a brief reprise from the loneliness of life. That's how it is with my wife and I. We have been together over half of our adult life. Well, no, excuse me, over half of our life, period. I've been with my wife more than I've been with other any other woman in my life, including my mother. Paige has more influence. She's shared more insights, more shared experiences with me than anybody else. I thought that was pretty cool that until one day I sat down and realized how long my mom and dad had been friends. My mom and dad, based on society's rules, shouldn't even be married today. And yet through a friendship that grew into a, an unconditional love, grew into something that most people only fantasize about in a Hallmark movie. See, it's not just about building friendships in business. It's about building friendships in your personal life. See, if you can't build friendships in your personal life, don't expect to build friendships in your professional life. Aristotle distinguishes between genuine friendship and two other counterfeit types. And here's how Orrin writes this. He says... One is founded upon utility, the other upon pleasure. Friendship based solely upon utility, like the mailman, survive only as long as both parties receive benefit, while a friendship based on a pleasure, 
like golfing buddies, ends when the one party no longer finds the activity pleasurable. Matter of fact, I was on the phone last night with a, a very, very, very successful leader in network marketing. What makes it so unique is that not only is he a minority in real life because he's black, he's also a minority in network marketing because very few very few ethnic groups, black, Latino, or what, actually reach the top levels in network marketing. He's been very successful, and he has not forgotten where he came from. But as we talked last night, and I was reading later in the evening this chapter from Warren's book, it made me realize that Sometimes the deals that are made in network marketing what we, that I talk about, and you guys have heard, anybody that follows me know, know I get frustrated with these. But most of them are, are made either at a utility level or a pleasure level or a combination of both. Not made by a true friendship. That doesn't happen often. Orrin, a few years ago, for the betterment of his organization and for some principles that he believed in, decided it was time that his company, because because the company that they run, and they have a wonderful, what we would call a board of directors, but it's a, it's a policy council that they have, made a decision that they were going to move from, from one company as the vehicle for, for their marketing efforts to another company. And, and and in the interim, there, there was a time period because of, of different contracts that were in place where they were going to have to set out and, and not really go find another network marketing company that they could represent. And during this time period, this is what was so, so interesting, is I've studied this and I've listened. During this time period, Orrin met a gentleman by the name of Dallin Larson. Now, Dallin is, is like a lightning rod. He's a lot like Orrin, very outspoken, very passionate, very driven. But him and Orrin became friends. Dallin and Orrin found out that they had a lot in common. Now, their their upbringing spiritually and and in life and stuff like that, it was different. But they found out they had some common experiences, some common some common frustrations, some common successes, some common vision. And they were able to strike up a business deal. At first, as an outsider, I looked at it and thought, well, man, this must be from a utility. They both would benefit. And then I thought, well, maybe it was maybe it was from just the pleasure side. As long as both of them are making money and everybody's happy, then it's going to be great. But then something happened that opened my eyes to something new. On November of 2011, after after years of creating the, the business plan and putting the, the blueprint together and creating and working on it, he was able to fulfill a dream that he and the, the organization called Team had dreamed about for years. They were able to launch their own network marketing company called Life. Now, what makes this so unique is that you got to understand that Orrin and team are, are still very successful distributors with this company that Dallin Arson lo- owns called Monavi. And for the first time in history, a friendship, 
a deal that was made based on friendship, not just based on the utility, not just based on pleasure, but a true friendship that had formed. Dallin said, man, I'm all for this. It's going to be crazy. People are going to talk about it. I'm putting words in his mouth. But Orn, I'm going to support you in this. You were very straightforward when you came to me. You said this was your dream. This is what you wanted to do, and now it's, it's able to take place. That's friendship. Dallin was at the major last weekend sharing his passion about Monavi and life team. See, I believe when it's friendship that's driving anything in life, then it excels. If it's a true, passionate friendship, that's what makes it work. Number two, friendships accept each other. Orrin writes, the value of true friendship is immeasurable. Everyone makes mistakes, but love covers a multitude of sins. That's so true. I don't know one of my friends that I agree with. Matter of fact, it's kind of funny because Orrin the other day, I, 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 I shot him over some stuff and said, man, this just, this just is bothering me, and I don't think it's congruent with your message. And I said, I know I'm going to probably step on your toes, but daggummit, this just, I just can't wrap my hands around this. And I shared it. And he wrote back, and we shared back and forth. That's true friendship. This critic that I was talking about the other day, he doesn't get this. See, with Oren, when I share about Oren, it's because I am growing a friendship with Oren. I'm learning things about Oren Woodward. And I don't ever share anything about Orrin Woodward that Orrin and I haven't already talked about. He knows where I stand on issues. He knows frustrations that I have. Heck, everybody does. I'm like a freaking open book. But I had this critic that I was telling you about I really wanted to be friends with because I, I thought he brought balance into my life because, hey, let's all admit it, man. I love network marketing, so I'm about the most biased advocate ambassador there is because I want it to work for everybody. He, on the other hand, hates the profession like crazy, so I figured, man, that's a great person I can be a friend with because he will never see things the way I do, and he'll help bring balance to my reasoning. He, he didn't get that, so he can't be my friend because he said he's never going to talk to me again, but that's another, another conversation. Listen, here's what happened. I was on a website. I wrote something on that website. And I said, man, if everything you people are saying is true, crying out loud, you should, you should just sue the socks off Orrin Woodward. The critic comes back. Well, does Orrin know that you're saying stuff like this? Well, heck yeah, it's on a public forum, first of all. And it wasn't that I wanted these people to sue Orrin. Personally, I don't think he did anything wrong. But what I saw there was a bunch of dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies that aren't even friends with each other. And see, I'm reading this chapter and I'm thinking, true friends accept one another. Brings back one of my heroes, Art and Angela Williams. Art loved his wife and she loved him. But Angela sure didn't like Art in the mornings because he would take the toothpaste off of the toothpaste, you know, the cap off the toothpaste, he'd put it on, and then he'd just leave it there, and he'd get all sticky and nasty. Actually, Angela did that, and it just frustrated him. And then Art would go around talking at the meals. He, he'd be have his food in his mouth, but he'd be sharing like crazy, and it just embarrassed her to no end. 
Do you ever you get that in your in your life? You do things that your wife don't like, and she does things that you don't like. But that doesn't mean you're not friends. How many of you sat under a pastor that says something just you really think is the dumbest thing under the sun? Doesn't mean that you don't appreciate who he is and sit under his authority. How many of you are in a network marketing company and you wonder why the heck did they just do that? Doesn't mean that you always jump and run. See, when you're with friends, when you truly accept one another, then it's okay when they make mistakes and sin. Now, trust me, if it's a character flaw, you, you need to talk to them about it. That's not that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about accepting them. There's a big difference in the way people see things these days. Orrin writes this, Every person has cracks and flaws, and it doesn't take a genius to find them since everyone is a proverbial crackpot. I love that. The acceptance from a friend and from oneself of those imperfections is the starting point for change. When a person is accepted despite his flaws, it provides the foundation upon which the hope for a better future comes. And since he has no need to deny his present reality, thanks to the acceptance given, he can confront the facts as they are to begin changing, still knowing that he is loved and accepted. I have some great friends inside of network marketing that I have built relationships with, and when I do stupid stuff, they let me know. I love that about one another. True friends approve of one another. Approval is the shining of one's light into another's darkness. Although the words cost one little, its values is priceless. See, I think if we would seek first to understand, this goes back to communication. I do a whole training on this. A breakdown in a friendship, in a marriage, in a business partnership, everything stems around breakdown in communication. I, I could share, I'll share another story. I'm not going to get through this whole chapter, but I'll share another story. I remember when, when Orrin left his practice company. He and his attorneys, everybody, went to that practice company and discussed their frustrations like they're supposed to, discussed what they wanted to do, where they wanted to go. Everybody kind of broke for lunch. They come back from lunch, and the company had decided to break off all communications and fired them craziest thing that's not friendship although many trips had been taken where everybody pretended to be their friends sometimes it makes you wonder about people you cannot separate your business life from your personal life it doesn't work number four true friends appreciate one another i think that's pretty self-explanatory i i I see this constantly when i'm traveling and i see large organizations get together and i see all the little different groups that are in there and how they all appreciate and love on one another they they have exciting shared experiences number five true friends listen with empathy i go back to my mom and dad i don't know how many times i've listened to my dad i i wouldn't say i listened to my dad i watched my dad listen to my mom as she shared, or vice versa. Not always going through and, and, and doing things. I, I Listen, I can tell you right now, almost daily I listen to my mom, not because she wants an answer from me. Listen, and she's clearing out her mind as she gets ready for the next day. Now that's, trust me, that's a son's love for his mother. That's That goes beyond friendship. But you would be amazed at daily when my phone rings, 
how many people I listen to who are my client. Now, that's part of my business model. My clients know they can just call and talk to me. It clears their mind. They need somebody to, to just listen as they share ideas. But see, friendship always grows. And every one of my clients know I don't take you as a client if I can't be your friend. This isn't about a short-term business deal. Give me a few bucks. I want to make sure I'm your friend. And if we can be friends and we can be in business together, if I wouldn't want to bring you home to my family or take my family to meet you, we're not in business together. It isn't going to happen because one of these days I'm going to die and my kids got to take over that business and we can't all be friends. It ain't going to work. Number seven, true friends are trustworthy. That one's self-explanatory. Here's the big one as we close out today. True friends are loyal. Orrin writes, a trusted friend is loyal to his friends in front of them, but more importantly, when they're not present. I tell you what. I've taken a bullet for friends. I'd die for my family. And I'm willing to do the same thing. That's the key. Folks, I love this book. You really need to go buy Resolved by Orrin Woodward. It, it, if you just look at these resolutions, find out where you're weak and work on them, it will change your life, no matter what business you're in. Tomorrow, Chapter 8, I Resolve to Develop financial intelligence. We're going to take a little bit of a shift from the personal side to the financial side. I think you're going to enjoy it because it really mixes well. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. You'll be back here with us tomorrow morning on RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now.